What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 148 of your favorite podcast, The Grand Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Haley, alongside my co-host, Brandon Long. And today, we are going to piggyback off of yesterday's qualitative post. And we're going to talk about rep quality. It's going to be really important. I think you guys are going to enjoy and hopefully learn a lot inside. As always, Grand Podcast brought to you by Revive Summons, brought to you by Raw Summons. Use come Haley at checkout to support your boy. Leave us five stars. Leave us a review. Share us with your friends. If you love us, I'll see you inside. All right, I want to start this podcast giving a little shout out. Um, I had a woman, Chelsea Russell, reach out to me. She said, hey, I love your podcast. We just listened to the Insulin Resistance episode. If you're interested, of course I'm interested in being educated. I'm a registered nurse. And the reason you wipe away the first drop of blood after a lancet puncture. You guys remember back when I was talking about, um, who did I see? Uh, John Meadows, um, like I just saw him do it, mm-hmm. like so I just like did it, <laughs> like whenever I was taking my blood glucose, I'd pull pull away the first drop of blood and then like a second. The reason you wipe away the first drop of blood after a lancet puncture is because it contains intracellular fluid from the puncture of the cells with the lancet, and then the second drop is capillary blood. So this gives much more accurate blood glucose levels. It makes complete sense. Yeah. So Chelsea Russell, I appreciate you reaching out. You know. I love that about the podcast um, so much that there's, man, there's a lot of educated motherfuckers who listen to this. Like, there's mm-hmm. some really smart people listen to this. Um, and I always appreciate just having feedback from you guys. So that's really cool. Um, we have over 200 Team Haley Challenge entrants to this point. That thing's going to be massive. Like, I'm really, really, really excited. I might fucking, I might add more money to the pot. Who knows, dude? Like, that's, that's huge. So Make a couple people more prices. Dude, I might. Mm-hmm. I might. Um, we'll see if, if, if we get like two fifty three hundred, yeah, I'm going to add in more prizes yeah. and stuff. More winners. Um, but what we're doing with all the money that, um, so all the money that comes from this, you know, there's the payout for the prizes and whatnot. And then the three coaches who are running it, they're getting a pretty healthy payout. Um, and the rest is all going to be donated, um, actually. So, um, it's all for really cool and a really good calls. Um, so I'm really excited for that. We have um, a few different uh, nonprofit or um, even just independent uh, places that I just feel good donating to and I enjoy donating to. I know it helps people out. Um, so yeah, over 200, I'm really, really excited for that. Um, so yeah, I want to talk about rep quality. I feel like I feel like this whole week's kind of been about quality, assuring quality, things like that. Um, so rep quality, very, very important because, um, you know, there, it's, it's, it's multifaceted. It's something that you kind of learn forever. It's also something that changes. Like as you get bigger, the way that you execute lists has to change. Because you have to compensate for the muscular size um, or just new paths of motion or, you know, whatever. Or you have to, you know, compensate. As you get bigger, you commonly get more stiff, um, which isn't inherently a bad thing. Like, uh, uh, you know, stiffer muscle is going to be more explosive than a loose muscle, mm-hmm. um, depending on the level of stiffness and looseness. We don't want it too much either way. Um, but... You, you get stiffer, you just get bigger, and you just need to change your past mode. So it's kind of something that always needs to be um, assessed. So I want to kind of walk you through what a good rep should look like from a mental and physical approach, and then we're going to dive a little bit more into it. Um, I, so I, I, I want you, as I go through this, I want you to kind of think about, like, how you approach your set. Like, if there's anything I don't cover that you do, I'd love to hear about it. Yeah. Um, so mentally... Um, when I go into any set, I, I, I know there's a, there's a number I have in mind that commonly I say out loud to myself quite a few times. Um, like uh, today on the dumbbell rows, I had to um, beat 12. And so I was walking around before the set for like 30 seconds, like beat 12, beat 12, beat 12, beat 12, beat 12, just kind of to myself and under my breath, just like kind of 
on just manifesting it, um, yeah. getting really focused on beating that number. Right. Um, and, and I think that there's a massive component, um, of the, of the training set that comes into play here before it even starts. And that focus, the drive to whatever it takes, whatever I have to put my body through here in this next set, I have to defeat this number that I have in mind. Um, so understand what you need to achieve. Understand what you need to feel. Look, if you're going to beat the logbook, if you're going to beat what you did last week, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt a little bit more than you've ever really hurt in that exercise before. Um, you'd be ready for that. Uh, a lot of people kind of tap out at this step. A lot of people act like they have this step down. When in reality, they don't at all. You need to you need to be ready to get really, 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 really. This takes so long to accomplish. So I don't fucking feel bad on yourself if you're not there yet. But you need to be really ready to feel a ton of pain. And you need to be really ready to go to um, you know, a pretty dark place if that's kind of what's called upon to finish a set. I mean, there's times I see like training videos of myself or pictures that Ian takes. Um, where like you can definitely just tell by looking my eyes, it's like fuck, I was yep. I was somewhere else. Yeah, you know, you were at there. that point. Um and you just need to be ready to unlock that. Not every set needs that. Um, for, you know, for whatever reason, it might be like today on my first set of dumbbell rows, I, I needed that. And you can see in the video I posted on Instagram, I went there. My second set, um, it didn't need it. I knew, I knew about halfway through that set that I was going to win by a rep. And no matter where I went, that wasn't going to change. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think, you know, that mental approach of just be prepared for whatever you need to do to get that job done, I think it's really big. Visualize your field of view uh, for proper reps. So like if you're about to do a dumbbell chest press, like think about having the dumbbells in your hand. Think about having your wrist, your hand, your elbows slightly turned inward. Um, like I post about on Instagram. I need to post that on my actual page. Um, but have them pulled inward. I'm going to do that tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Remind me. I have to post about that tomorrow so that you guys can see what I'm saying. Um, pull that, pull wrist, hand, elbow inward. And you, you're going to stay there with dumbbells. You're going to drive those biceps through the midline of the body every single rep. Like visualize what you are going to see. Okay. Get extremely focused. Like if you try to talk to me and I'm about to get ready for a set, I just, I, I, I won't even know you're there. It's not that I'm trying to be an asshole or bully off. Megan does it a lot. Mm -hmm. And like, she doesn't understand, like she doesn't know I'm about to start a set right. or something. And like, I'm just so far gone somewhere else. Like you shouldn't be like looking around and how the, oh my God. Mm -hmm. Like before you do a set. It's not like, like, oh, I'm about to go. No. All that's right. Like, like I'm going to do my set. Real oh, hold quick. on one second. Let me do this real quick. Yeah. No, like that's not a I'm thing. Close. That's, that's not, that's not training. You're not, you're not ready mentally whatsoever. You're just going through the motions at that point. Mm -hmm. And if that's how you are training, I highly, 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 highly recommend kind of flipping that switch and going, um, you know, to a much more focused place. And you are going to see your lifts become much better. They become much more freeing mentally. Um, and, and you become much more satisfied with what you're doing. You're going to go way further in the gym too. And obviously if you're going further in the gym, you're going further in your physique. I mean, training's what training's what unlocks that next level. Mm -hmm. I always talk about diet supplements as, as far as you can go with your body. If you want to lose fat, you want to build muscle and stuff, the diet, you know, the, the, the diet's the gasoline, right? But dude, training's the fucking engine. Training's what makes that bitch go. Yeah. It's what makes that thing evolve, right? So you need to really really be extremely focused like you need to be so focused that if someone walks up to you and you're about to do a set and they tap you or they say something to you or anything you don't even fucking know they're there quite frank um you need to be able to block out the pain like dude if you're chasing a logbook you're you 
it's going to be very, very, very painful. So the mental battle is right there, the physical battle. We shouldn't be doing exercises that aren't stable, period. I mean, that's, that, that, I mean, that, that's elementary stuff. Stability first and foremost. Are your feet stable? Um, is your chest stable? Is your back stable? Or, or are, like, are your feet flat on the ground? Like, are, are we in a stable environment to be able to have a conducive lift? Ensure proper setup for biasing the target muscles. So just like I just talked about the dumbbell presses, like so many people are just dumbbell pressing with their hands straight and their, their elbows going out to the side of their body. Like that's horrible. That's terrible pressing. All mechanism. they care about is moving the load. It's just, yeah, you're just moving weight. Mm -hmm. And as you know, it's anterior delt focus. That's why everyone has such, such bigger anterior delts than they have pecs. Um, I mean, myself included, I trained like that for so fucking long until I realized what actually training pecs feels like. It's only been like five months for me. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. To be, yeah. To yeah. be a hundred percent real. Yeah. It's only been about five months of real like chest training. And it's a lot, it's a lot, like it's a lot to come around to. There's like a massive ego drop you have to take. It is like restarting. Yeah. Um, or like in a, uh, you know, if, if you want to do a lap, lap bias row, um, well, you know, you're probably going to need your hands in a pretty neutral position or, and you're going to need, you're going to need to be able to pronate your shoulders, um, at the eccentric. Um, actually I had an LOL. One of my clients uh, messaged me today and said like a couple people in the last week, like told her that in her rows, like she needs to have her scapula retracted to be able to contract her lats like properly and all that stuff. And I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so when your scapula is retracted, that means your lat can only be shortened. Mm -hmm. It can't be lengthened with a retracted scapula. And like I'm going to talk about in this podcast, uh, loading under a stretch is one of the most important mechanisms of muscular hypertrophy and overall stimulation and focus tension of a rep. So we're like, we're literally missing. I told her we're missing half really. We're missing about 60, 70% of the lift of exactly. our fucking scapula. People yep. get so caught up on like your scapula has to be attracted. Like don't round your back X, Y, Z. No, don't round your back on fucking deadlifts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Duh. But like, Rounding your back on rows is people, people who are advanced. You should be rounding your back on rows. If you want a very good lap bias, mm -hmm. you should be able to, I have videos all over my Instagram. I, I have a video by the time you listen to this podcast, I have a video from yesterday's training session that shows how, how, um, rounded my back is during my rows. Now those rows, if a client sent me those rows and they weren't dieting, I'd be like, all right, we need to clean these up a little too much hip involvement. Those rows were done with the strict intent of I need my body to feel this load yeah. that it, so it knows it needs to keep this muscle. Cause I'm feeling beat. Like mm -hmm. I'm feeling drained. I'm tired. I mean, you saw me for this yeah. podcast. I'm just like, I, I am just tired. Mm -hmm. Um, like you need to, when you get to that point, you need to force your body to have a reason to keep that tissue around. Mm -hmm. Right. But those rows are actually still pretty fucking good. I still give them a B plus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they, they weren't an A that's an honest, they, they were still a B answer. plus. So insert proper, ensure proper setup for biasing the target muscle. You know, another really good one for that's that cable row that we do mm -hmm. that neutral grip cable row, that prime handle where we're slightly wider than, than shoulder width. And we prone it. We keep our uh, scapula pronated. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see if you uh, keep your scapula pronated the entire time and like your chest almost stays down, like mm -hmm. it's kind of caved just like, so you just drive your elbows to the midline of your body. You can't really drive them through the midline because -uh. your range of motions could restrict it by how uh, hard your lat is pulling there. Right. Those are good. Oh my God. Same concept good. with that. I've had to re refigure out how to train yeah. the lats. Exactly. You know, it's I the exact same so concept. So long that I was, so I was, many people are just training back. Yeah, exactly. Not lats. Yep. 
And again, it's like, you know, when you were on stage, like you oh, had a, yeah. you had a good back to bicep for someone doing their first show, but why'd you lose both your shows? Because I had because no wit. Yeah. Because of tiny. your back double bicep. <laughs> yeah. And so like, you know, when, when, when you kind of pull that into account and realize, oh, this is why I'm losing shows, it like really makes you want to assess that training oh, yeah. it's more. Been, it's been at the top of my list ever yeah. since. Um, a controlled eccentric. We always want to say controlled that eccentric, an explosive concentric and a very strong foundation. I want your fucking feet tapping. If your fucking feet are tapping during a set, it, it's not because it hurts so bad. No, you're just not focused enough. You're, you're focusing on the pain. You're not focusing on the actual fucking movement. Don't tap your fucking feet. Don't ever send me a training video tapping your feet, please. There's a reason to believe that controlled eccentric and a fast concentric are conducive to muscle building. There's a lot of different schools of thought here. And I am very firmly in the school of thought that these are great hypertrophy uh, mechanisms. The eccentric... You get time under tension, you get a loaded stretch. Time under tension is huge, man. We know that muscles respond to tension, how much tension is placed upon it, and how much time it's been under that load. And a loaded stretch, I mean, that's when the act, that's when the target muscle, the bias muscle that you're intending to train, is completely stretched, stabilizing and maintaining a heavy load. I mean, you guys, training is a bunch of micro tears occurring. Training adaptations occur because of a bunch of micro tears, and they occur at a neurological level because you're pushing your body to a place that you can't, that you, you know, aren't trained enough to go to comfortably. So if we're taking advantage of a loaded stretch, like I'm just talking about with the dumbbell rows, mm -hmm. like why do you think my lats blew up so fucking much in the last year? It's because I started taking advantage of a loaded stretch. I dropped the ego and I just fucking trained lats. And, you know, it's going to be the same for pecs, same for biceps and triceps. My arms last time on stage were like 18 or like high 18s. And this time they're going to be over 20, probably in the mid 20s. That's huge. Like in, in 14 and yeah. 16 months by the time I get on stage, like that much happened, that much changed, right? Well, why? You're taking advantage of loaded stretch, taking advantage of time on tension. You're taking advantage of active range of motion. You're taking advantage of the mechanisms that we know force muscle hypertrophy. Take your body to a place it can't go. Put your body in conducive positions, all that stuff. Like, that's the shit that matters. It's almost like you went back to, like, the drawing board. You did. I did. Like, you know, like, okay, what are we yeah. gonna, how are we going to progress more? Yeah. What possibly can I do? I won the Ohio, but that, but I, I could have lost the Ohio. Yeah. You know, I, I, I felt good about how I looked at the time, but I realized to get to the goal of USA, a lot needs to change. Mm -hmm. And so I took a few steps back. Yeah, like I checked my own ego. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, I think after winning a bodybuilding show, go the opposite way of all fuck. Like I'm good. I know everything now. Right. Yeah. I went the other way. I, w I went back. Like I knew nothing. I kind of deleted everything and just started fresh. What is it going to take to win USA? Exactly. And it's not going to be what I have right now. No, yeah. no, I wasn't even close yeah. to it. That's good though. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even do the national championships that because I know I wouldn't get top 10. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you won an overall, but you're going to get smoked against the fucking right. the, the biggest and baddest. Mm -hmm. So all of these things alongside proper setup, these things being a controlled eccentric, a fast concentric. So, so let me talk about the concentric. A fast concentric, I mean, it's just like sprinting, right? So when you're just running and jogging, like there's some mu there's muscles that are contracting to propel you forward. When you're all out fucking sprinting, every muscle in your body is pushing you, propelling you forward. Mm -hmm. Like, 
I mean, that's huge. Yeah, you that, do that, that's, 10 sprints, you wake up, your neck hurts. Yeah, your everything hurts. hurts. Like everything, yeah. So why would we not apply this same route to concentric? I see people who just like go through the motion on the concentric. Like, dude, get on that fucking bitch and press it, dude. Mm -hmm. Press it as hard as you fucking can. Move it as fast as you can in that eccentric. Like, I mean, like you, it is life or death and you're driving down the lane. You need to dunk on LeBron James to fucking keep your life. I want you to go that hard on the concentric. It's Elevate. really that simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Make it fucking happen, dude. Like get pissed. I don't know how people don't train fucking pissed off. Get pissed off and move the load. So these alongside proper setup equals a very controlled bias. This allows us to keep the, 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 the load centered and, you know, wherever the target muscle is that, that we want to be contracting and dominating the movement. There's also a great benefit to pausing in a dead stop manner in the complete loaded stretch positioning. Um, this alleviates momentum. And when you alleviate momentum, you can obviously keep the target more biased. But again, it's more time under tension. It's time under a loaded stretch. So there's movements I do dead stops with. Um, dumbbell chest press in, in the extreme stretch. Uh, dumbbell bent over rows. Um, the extreme stretching that I do is usually with dumbbells. Uh, dumbbell incline curls. Um, I'll do a dead stop set there. Right as pause at the bottom with my bicep, like flexing my tricep because your tricep can only flex if your bicep is completely lengthened. Um, yeah, like like things like that are very beneficial. Um, I even did on my single arm overhead triceps I was doing the other day. Just hold it back there in a loaded stretch for, you know, like 10, 15 seconds. I mean, yep. the pain hurts so fucking right. bad. Uh, so bad. So, Anytime we're jerking, we're moving anywhere with the intent of we're bouncing our feet, anything, we're taking away from the lift. You should be completely still when you are training. Nothing should move. Your eyes should focus on one thing and not move. Your head should be neutral. So your spine is neutral, not up or down. Your head is neutral, straight ahead. We're not looking to the side. We're not doing any of that shit. Last time I talked about looking to the side, I, I got people offended. They don't... You don't have that? to go there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> you look straight fucking ahead <laughs> in a neutral position, and your entire body stays fucking still. The only things that move are the levers that are meant to move the load, whatever's needed to, to, to bias the target muscle. So if we are training our lats, everything is still other than your elbows driving through and sometimes some hip elevation. Or further hip extension. But we don't want hips collapsing underneath, right? We don't want hips driving forward. We can have some elevation. We can have some, remember the keyword, some. Some elevation, some extension during the actual lift. If we are training chest, your head does not move around. Your feet don't move around. Your heels aren't moving around. Your torso is not moving around. We just fucking press to the midline of the body, Right? Everything we do is completely still. You only move the levers that are needed to bias the intended target muscle under the load. Understanding active range of motion. This is a range of motion through which the target muscle stays biased and doesn't rely too heavy on secondary and tertiary muscles to support. This is different from full range of motion. Because full range of motion, you're going to take a load through the entire range of motion that that muscle can possibly work through. But you're going to pull in a lot of secondary and tertiary muscles to help support that movement 
and support the load through the plane of movement you're asking it to. So active range of motion is like when you're training chest, um, you know, you kind of, you just bring your elbows slot very slightly below your shoulder, um, your shoulder joints, and then you press up. All right. So we're not getting a lot of tricep, not getting a lot of anterior delt involvement there. It's saying very chest focused, right? Same with the bench press. That's why people bench press down like an inch, inch and a half above their chest and then press up. So active range of motion is wherever you stay to keep the bias muscle as the predominant mover. And full range of motion will oftentimes have a switch back and forth. So you bring a bar all the way down to your chest on a bench press. And from the bottom, you're not going to get a ton of pec. You're going to get a ton of anterior delt, a de pretty decent amount of tricep. And then you're going to get some, you know, some pec in there as well. So all three of those muscles are kind of are pushing and, and simulating. Like that's, that's moving load. It's more like powerlifting style. Whereas bodybuilding style would be like I mentioned more so like an inch, inch and a half above your chest. where so we just really can keep that pec. Um, focused the entire time. Full range of motion is for folks who are not extremely advanced. So when you see someone tearing a bicep, tearing a pec, and it seems usually it's happening because they're loading through a range of motion they're not well trained in. And this happens oftentimes bodybuilders because, and myself, I do it too, we get caught up in chasing the active range of motion. That we forget that hey, you still need to train that full range of motion too, not just for not necessarily for bodybuilding purposes, but more so for like connective tissue joint health benefits. Health benefits. Yeah, yeah, truly. Um, and so you know, full range of motion is for folks not extremely advanced who are building up their base, building up a very strong foundation. Um, for mo mo like ninety nine percent of first time competitors or just anyone in their early careers, kind of here. Um, and an active range of motion is for very, very, very advanced folks. Okay. Um, so, you know, make sure you're focusing on the one that kind of fits where you are at right now. For full range, for if you are one of those very, very advanced folks focusing mostly on active range of motion, I would recommend doing at least one set per body part being trained through a full range of motion. I mean, a brutal, for a brutal, brutal, brutal set. Like force a very hard adaptation through that set. I would highly recommend that. Um, let's talk about tempo of a proper rep. So I like a 2-1-1 tempo, which means a two-second eccentric, a one-count stretch, and a one-count concentric. So essentially, you don't really pause, but you stay in complete control at the bottom, and then your concentric's kind of as fast as possible. Like that's a one-count. So it's like, one, two, one, one. Does that make sense? Like that's one rep. Yeah. Right. Um, I like the two second eccentric because you can stay in control. It's more time under tension. Uh, we're not just flopping around there where it makes you stay in great control of that, um, you know, of that bias target. Slower eccentrics have a great purpose for muscle hypertrophy. My one thing about slower eccentrics is oftentimes when we see people do it with free weights, uh, slow eccentrics with free weights, we oftentimes see secondary and tertiary muscles that we don't want to be involved start becoming extremely involved. Mm -hmm. Like you're doing six second dumbbell centric, dumbbell bicep curls eccentrics. Like mm -hmm. your anterior delt is going to do a lot yep. there. Your forearm is going to do a lot there. Your trap will probably start, you know, your scapula elevate traps start doing a lot. Right. Um, so like, make sure we're con we make sure we're always staying focused through every single rep on that target muscle, okay? You always want to control the negative, though. Without eccentric control, you're relying on momentum playing a huge role in the movement. And like I talked about, movement er, momentum takes away stimulus. 
The last part is mind-muscle connection. This one's really, really simple. You need to be able to, to contract very, very optimally with no weight, the muscle that you are intending to train. This is, I think everyone should be well-versed in bodybuilding posing. Even someone who's like not a competitor, mm-hmm. posing helps so much. Bodybuilding specific poses and every single pose in bodybuilding, you have to flex every muscle in your body. Well, in the beginning, of course, you're going to suck at it. Yeah. But over time, you're going to get really fucking good at it to where contracting every single muscle fiber is just second nature. It's also going to help with, it's going to help with your overall cardiovascular conditioning is how hard it is. It's going to help you in your set right away. If you start bodybuilding posing every single day, going through every single bodybuilding pose every single day, it's women too. Fucking hit your goddamn side chest, dude. Like, <laughs> like women too. Yeah. You go through these, you're going to go into the gym and you're going to realize, wow, that yeah, that's paying off. I that's promise paying you, off. posing is harder than any lift. Posing is harder do. than any bodybuilding posing is harder than so any lift you will do. Bodybuilding promise. posing fucking sucks. Hold dude. each pose for six seconds. And yeah, do it twice. Yeah, twice through, and you're toast. Way harder. than You any, are going any, to be toast. Yeah. yeah, these people are going to go nuts over that. They're going to be fucked that. Yeah, <laughs> Someone's going to try. And they're going to reach out and be like, oh, yeah, oh, they will. Was hard. Oh, yeah, they will. So, learning my muscle connection number one, bodybuilding posing. Go through them all. Uh, number two, um, I believe if you put, if you do an isolated movement and you put your hand on the muscle working, so you want to train um, pec, right? So, you're going to use your left arm first. You put your right hand on your left pec, and as you press or as you go through the motion, you're going to make sure that that muscle is pressing against your hand every single rep until you know you reach a lactate threshold point or something like that forces secondary muscles to kind of come into play. Same thing with your lat on a cable, get on a cable, do a single arm row, and focus on how can I make that lat fucking contract bicep try everything hand on the muscle working an isolated movement a very slow eccentric and squeeze at the concentric squeeze it hold it back there for maybe a two count a two count eccentric a one count stop at the bottom a two count concentric like work through it kind of slowly and make sure all the bias stays in that muscle. I think that's a really good way to learn mind muscle connection. Um, but rep quality is so important you guys, because a lot of people just like we talked about yesterday are wasting their efforts in places. And the number one place that you can enhance your efforts right away is in the quality of your reps. So I hope this helps you guys. I'll see you next time.